You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Crap, oh, ugh, crap, crack. Open a cold one. A beer, a drink, if you're listening to this and it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Fucking hell. This is, this, this is, uh, excuse me a moment. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on? Welcome to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, by the way. I am CJ Palmasano. I am your host, and, um... I, I was, you know, I kind of had an idea what I was going to be doing with this podcast and this episode today, tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, I, you know, uh, there, there's some other stories we're going to get into, and some pretty big stories, a uh, review of AEW Dynamite, and a lot going on in the show today. But just, you know, I was I was sitting, I was just, uh, I was relaxing, I was um, I was just look, scrolling through Facebook and Twitter, and, and, and I see that wrestlers were starting to get released. And I'm like, oh no, not again! Like just, just out of nowhere. Like I was saying to myself, I, I said earlier, you know, oh, I want to get this out of the way so I can just relax for the night. And like, you know, maybe give, give it some time. I just see what happens. And God damn, it's a good thing I, I put this off. So we're gonna kick things off with the biggest breaking news story of the, uh, just the biggest breaking. It's just, it's, it's baffling. It is absolutely baffling with a lot of the. Wrestlers that WWE have released, according to Fightful Select. WWE have released the following wrestlers. Ember Moon, Frankie Monet, Scarlett Bordeaux, Graham Metalik, Lindsay Dorado, Oni Lorcan, Trey Baxter, Jet Rama, B-Fab, Jesse Kamea, Katrina Cortez, uh, Zayda Ramir, Karrion Cross, Eva Marie, uh, Nia Jax, which is shocking. Harry Smith, Mia Yim, and Keith Lee. I am just absolutely appalled and shocked by this. I'm just, I- I'm thinking to myself, why, why does WWE have to keep fucking doing this? What? Why did? They don't. They don't have to release this many wrestlers. I I have, excuse me, you know, some theories and as to maybe why this is happening. But overall, this is just sad, man. You know, I, I'm gonna go through, you know, a lot of these wrestlers. Like some of these wrestlers, I'm not very familiar with. Like Trey Baxter, I know he was in NXT. Uh, B-Fab, she was, you know, she was in uh, Hit Row and just signed a new contract and. Just got to the main roster and she loses her job. Katrina Cortez, uh, Zayda Ramir, I don't know. I do not know who they are. So we'll start with a few that uh, that's really, really shocking. One, I'll start with uh, Frankie Monet, the now, once again, Ty of Alcri, John Morrison's wife, by the way. So um, Ty of Alcri, I became a. Uh, I started to really enjoy her work in the past uh, couple years. Um, I had seen some things here and there. I think you know she was she was Impact Women's uh, Knockouts Champion for quite some time, 
And I feel like, you know, when she got signed to NXT, I was like, oh, that's cool. She could really add to the women's division. And they've done fucking nothing with her. Like, just shy under 20 matches, I think, she uh, she, she got released. And I saw that somewhere on Twitter, replying to Sean Ross Sapp, someone put up. Um, yeah, Ember Moon, uh, <laughs> I... Just, just a waste, man. Just wasted, wasted talent because Ember Moon is so fucking good. Like, like she was. I had really high hopes for her when she started feuding with Bailey a few years back, but they just they've done nothing with her, man. They they really didn't do anything with her. And if I remember correctly, I think maybe she was a tag team champion. I think in um in NXT. Uh, you know, going through her, uh, comp- yeah, she was a, yeah, she was uh, tagged a uh, women's champion one time, and she was tag team champion with Shotzi Blackheart. Um, uh, like it's 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 she's one of the most amazing, innovative finishers I've ever seen. A, a top rope stunner. <laughs> how how can you just on her finisher? How can you not do anything with Ember Moon? She's fucking amazing. Oh, Christ Almighty! Um, going through the rest, uh, I'll lump these two together: Scarlet and and Carrion uh, Cross. Um, I, I will say that I'm not the biggest fan of Carrion Cross as a worker. Um, in the ring, he's not very good. He's he's not the best worker. Um, but that doesn't mean that WWE shouldn't use him, or that they shouldn't you know, use him to his full potential because he's got charisma. He's got a very unique look. The The entrance they gave him and, sh- and sh- I almost said Charlotte, Scarlet is fucking amazing. Just out of the gate, when they signed Karrion Cross last year, they gave him the rocket strap and like, we see something in you. In the NXT and Triple H, that is. We see some something in you and we have high hopes for you. Hell, his first takeover match, his first takeover match, well, his first takeover main event, he beat Keith Lee for the NXT title. It wasn't a great match due to the injury that Karrion Cross suffered. But come on, man. Like, it's it's not hard to book him. It's really not. Just ha- book him in a big a bunch of squash matches, have him go over, make him look really fucking strong, and then build him up for uh, a you know a big uh, another opponent. You know, just just to. To climb the ladder, I I don't fucking get it. And what they did to him on Raw, like, oh my god, like the way they really fucked him over, and then making him like a really weird like Mad Max like like parody, or or coming out of the fucking thing from uh you know the 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 team from Dodgeball, the, the average Joe is when they took out the wrong uniforms. I uh, Carrion Cross could have been a huge huge. Huge star in WWE with Scarlet. I know, and, and that's the thing. How do you separate like one of the things that makes him so good is his real life fiance or wife, whatever she is to him. His real life partner. They have such a great mystique to each other, and then you don't put them together. You you just don't do that. That I don't fucking understand. So and going through this list of what I I would honestly have to say is more of mid card people. Grand Metalik, Lindsay Dorado. I mean, they're being wasted. Just. You know they could go tag and try and do something in Mexico. Oni Lorcan, uh, it's, it's a shame, but I never really saw Oni Lorcan going anywhere on the main roster. But he was doing well in NXT. 
Oni Lorcan, uh, you know, I see go GCW or, or just do really well in the indies. Uh, Trey Baxter, Jet Rama, again, not familiar with them. Uh, B-Fab, I only knew her from, from Hit Row, and it just sucks because she just <laughs> signed a new contract and she gets fucking fired. Unfucking believable Um, Eva Marie. Uh, Eva Marie just, like, she, she just, she just came back, like, this year or end of last year, and she, she did. She and she got fired. Like, oh, that was great while it lasted. Like, why? Why the fuck are you? Why the fuck are you signing these people and then you're just leave, letting them be? Seriously, there was a waste of time with the whole feud with her and Dewdrop and the whole feud with her and Alexa Bliss. And you know, now we go into more ones that are more, a little more shocking. Nia Jax, I <laughs> mind blown. My mind is absolutely blown that Nia Jax got released. Uh, it's not because, you know, look, we've, we, I think we've all taken a jab at Nia Jax here and there for her not being the best worker, but it's not fun to see people lose their jobs. And first of all, that's one thing, first and foremost, that I really don't like people when they lose their jobs. Uh, but Nia Jax seemed to be someone who was kind of untouchable. You know, it seemed like, you know, however many, uh, botches she did or, people she uh, she accidentally hurt in the ring it, it seems like you know she never suffered the consequences because you know her cousin is the rock and and you know they uh, they, they just oh, never wanted to fire her because of that now it's like jesus christ like it doesn't matter who you are you you are not safe um so I, i'm not happy that she got released honestly i'm not like i may not like somebody as a wrestler or their abilities in the ring, but that doesn't mean I want them to lose their job. I would never want anybody to get fired for whatever reason. Um, Mia Yim is another one, another really, really talented wrestler, just wasted. Not even. You, you, <laughs> I mean, she was doomed from the start when you put her with fucking Retribution. Doomed from the fucking start. Um, Harry Smith, like he he just came back. He just came back this year. He worked like two or three dark matches on SmackDown. And he got fucking fired. Unfucking believable, man. Un- unbelievable. But the biggest shock to me, the, the biggest shock of them all. And I don't fucking understand how you release Keith Lee. You heard me right. If you're listening to this po- if you're listening to this podcast and this is the first you're hearing of these names, I am sorry I had to break the news to a lot of these wrestlers to you. I'm sorry. And I the I was messaging with uh with my two best friends, Ed and Joe. They've been on this podcast before, and I was messaging them on our group chat and saying, W really releasing more wrestlers. And Joe and Joe asked who? I'm like, hang on, let me get you the full list. And right as I was getting this list together, I saw Keith Lee's name was the last one to be to be released. And I don't get it, man. I, I really don't get it. Le- legitimately, one of the most amazing, most talented wrestlers I have ever seen in my entire life. A man that size, doing the moves that he does, having the matches that he does, just his presence, his aura, his his charisma, his his speech, the way he talks, it's just, it's, oh my God. Keith Lee... I think realistically 
taking all this bullshit bu- uh, firings away. Keith Lee, realistically, if you booked him well enough, could have been the one to beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. A match between Keith Lee and Roman Reigns. We got a taste of it at Survivor Series 2019. Uh, just, I, 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 and, you know, it was, it was really great chemistry between Roman and Keith. And it made me go, you know, Keith may not won this one, but I really want to see a match between Roman and Keith in the future. And when Roman turned heel and then Keith came to the main roster, I'm like, oh, this is, this is Matt. This is it. This is the match you do. And, you know, there, there was countless Keith Lee dream matches that we could have seen. I mean. Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre would be fucking amazing. Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar. They teased it at the Royal Rumble last year. And in my favorite Rumble match of all time, I I am just, oh my God, I just, I don't get it, man. I really don't fucking get why they're doing this. The, the the reasons being is that John Laurinaitis in the emails, oh, oh, it's a bunch of cuts. Real sorry. Fuck you, John Laurinaitis. WWE is making money hand over fucking fist. And this is the bullshit they gave to all these people. To people who, who you know, de- dedicated their lives to reach this company and to, to, to strive for their dreams and to make something better themselves. And this is what they fucking do? This is absolute bullshit. And, and it's shit like this is the reason why I don't pay attention to w- WWE as much as I used to. I'm not watching SmackDown every week. I'm not watching Raw every week. I'm not watching NXT every week. I'm catching up and seeing what's going on for the most part for the storylines and all that stuff. So Because I still cover the pay-per-views. But I am not keeping up on a regular basis like someone is every week. I'm not a person who's watching all three of these shows every single Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. I'm not doing that. And I'm not even someone who's watching any of these shows once throughout the week. So, as, as a fan, as a wrestling fan, why would I want to keep doing this? Why would I want to keep putting myself through this bullshit of, of seeing these wrestlers on my television screen and get invested in them? A lot, Some of these wrestlers I have been in the past, uh, like Ember Moon, I, a big fan of. Uh, Keith Lee, another one. Karrion Cross, again, Cross is not an amazing wrestler, but I'm like, this guy can be big. What is the point of getting all these wrestlers, having this monopolized roster, having all these people, and then just releasing them in the end? And this goes for all the wrestlers we've seen in the past year or so just get released, like Malachi Black, the former Aleister Black, you know, uh, Miro, the former Rusev, you know, the Iconics, uh, uh, formerly Billy Kay and uh, Kate. Uh, Cassie Lee, uh, <laughs> Peyton Royce, now the inspiration of Jess- Jessica McKay and Cassie Lee. So there's a lot of wrestlers that I've become huge fans of in WWE, and I think like th- th- this, you cannot do better. Like these these guys, these girls are absolutely amazing, and then they release they've released so many of them, and I don't understand. I don't know what WWE's end game is at this point. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, t- t- because the, the 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 profit margin or something, whatever the fuck it is called, I think that's being released tomorrow, and they want and they want their numbers to look good. And like like your numbers on paper might look good, but morally as a company, you do not look fucking good when you release all these people just to make your profits look better. That is fucking scumbagish. It's bullshit. It's fucking. De- it's it's disgusting. Is what it is. It's absolutely absolutely disgusting. And I don't fucking understand. I really don't fucking understand at this point with this, with this goddamn company. So, 
needless to say, I, like it's 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 upsetting. It's it's aggravating. It's frustrating. A, a lot of these wrestlers, some of them are taking are, are taking it in stride. Like Frankie Monet, now back to Taya Valkyrie, just tweets Taya Valkyrie in capital lettering. So I guess she's happy with the with the uh, with the thing. And Scarlett, I think, put on Twitter saying in 30 days she'll be able to work again. Uh, I just it, it's 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 sad, man. It's it's just so sad. And another thing, like they released a lot of women too. That is another thing. They released a lot of women in this uh, in this thing. And you're just you're you're adding fuel to the fire for <laughs> for whatchamacallit? For for AEW. Just about all of these people could go to AEW. So I mean Ty Valkyrie and Ember Moon. I, I, I do not recall her indie name. I still have her page up here. Uh she was known as um let's see here. Early days in her wrestling career. She was known why well, can't uh, Adrian Reese, Athena. I I don't know what she'll go by. She might get a new name after once it's all said and done. But those those two women, and Scarlett in particular. You know, I don't know about Scarlett wrestler or anything. Mia Yim, Mia Yim there too. That's due to the fire for AEW's women division. You know, uh, adding more experienced women in this division, which has been improving over the past few years, is only going to make things better. Or they could go to Impact, which is arguably the best women's rest roster in the world right now. So, I, it's 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 sad. It, it's really really sad. Uh, I just, I, and I'm just really 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 heartbroken about Keith Lee. You know, Keith Lee is a guy again who is just one of the most amazing, most talented pro wrestlers I've ever witnessed in my young life, and. It is amazing how us as wrestling fans are witnessing so many talented people. Like wrestling, like like right now, wrestling should be the best it's ever been from a talent standpoint. It should be the best. WWE should realize that they had the greatest talent in the world. They had the greatest talent in the world. They they had so many of these guys and girls who are in AEW and Impact and, and New Japan and elsewhere. Like at one point, like we, I think I've said that WWE does have the greatest talent pool in the world. They did, you know. You had all these wrestlers and you released so many of them. And now AEW, I believe, have the greatest talent pool in the world. It's it's not even it's not even a debate at this point. It's not even a debate. Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, John Moxley, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Miro, Eddie Kingston, just to name a few. Uh, you know, I say Brody Lee, but bro, uh, sadly Brody Lee's passed on. Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, for fuck's sake. Darby Allen, fucking hell. Orange Cassidy, Pack, Pentagon Jr., Ray Phoenix, Andrade El Idolo, Malachi Black, for fuck's sake, man. It's Keith Lee needs to go to AEW. Like immediately needs to go to AEW. And boost up that big man roster. I, I <sighs> fucking hell, man. It's 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 a shame when I have to start the podcast off like this. But this is the biggest news story. Um, what? Who? Where do you want a lot of these guys and girls to go? Let us know on Twitter at TNAWP. 
shoot us a tweet, message us, tell us where do you want these wrestlers to go? Out of all of them, where do you see them going? Where do you want them to go? Because at the end of the day, no one should get fired from their job. No one should feel... No one should have to feel like, especially now in WWE, no one should have to feel like they they don't have job security, which I don't think anybody's ever felt like this before, where at any given moment, they could be released. So, to all the wrestlers who got released, I know all of you will, doubt you're listening to this, but I'm sure all these wrestlers will, they'll shoot for the stars, and they will find places to go. It's just a shame to see uh, them go. Now, one theory I did have before I started recording, and I'll talk about it right now, is there are talks about certain wrestlers whose contracts will be expiring or people who are trying to leave in the near future, and maybe they want to offer them bigger contracts to stay. Now, we just learned that one of the big breaking news stories that Kyle O'Reilly's contract with WWE is going to be expiring this December, next month. Johnny Gargano's contract, I believe, at the time of this recording, if I'm, if he hasn't signed a new one already, his contract was expiring as well. And the big one is that Kevin Owens' contract expiring will be expiring in January. And he referenced this on Raw just the other night. And that's the one big thing I took away from Raw is that he said, whether it be for three more years or three more months, I will be putting in the work, whatever it is he said. He referenced his contract signing. And I just have to say, why, why would he reference that? I think they're teasing a heel turn for Kevin Owens coming up soon. And maybe, like, hey, stick around. You'll get to be a heel. We're not going to do much with you, but you'll be a heel. Um, I, maybe this is a way to try and offer these guys more money to stick around. I think maybe out of all of them, Kevin Owens would probably have the most money, excuse me, would have the most money to to, to try and return or try to coerce him to resign uh, because he's the main roster guy and Gargano and O'Reilly are still NXT guys and they have lesser, uh, uh, you know, lower pay grade contracts. It just it's a shame, man. It, it's a real shame. Um, at this point, WWE like need to be taught a lesson. They need to be taught a serious lesson that not only are you not the only game in town anymore, you are not respected. Like by f- I don't. If you're a wrestling fan, why do you still watch WWE? Why do you still sit down every Monday, every Tuesday? Every Friday and every odd Saturday and or Sunday to watch WWE programming. You could say, well, I still like a lot of the wrestlers and I'm a, you know, I support them. I support Cesaro and Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and Big E, Kevin Owens, and Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Chad Gable. And yeah, you know, I, I would, I would have agreed with you some odd years ago. Because Joe, as I mentioned earlier, one of my best friends and former guest of the podcast, he would say that to me all the time. And so would Ed, my, our other best friend. Why do you still watch WWE? Because there's people that I still support. I, I don't watch WWE anymore. Because after months and years and weeks of bullshit and having my intelligence insulted, I don't 
want to even bother watching WWE television, which I don't. I talk about wrestling that makes me happy. What makes me happy is AEW. What makes me happy is seeing guys and girls go work in other places like Impact in New Japan and AEW as well and just living their best life and having their careers shot to the fullest. One of those wrestlers being Deanna Perrazzo. I had always I had been a big fan of Deanna Perrazzo. I have been for a long time. And I had seen her work in Ring of Honor at uh, some shows here and there. Uh, saw her work against Bianca Belair at the NXT taping they did before TakeOver Brooklyn 4. Now, I always thought to myself, this girl, like, she's going to be huge. Huge. Like, you need to get her on the main roster. You need to you need to have her in TakeOver matches. She never once wrestled a TakeOver match. And look at her now. She's one of the, she's one of the best re- female wrestlers in the world. Maybe the best. Like... Dual champion, knockouts champion, triple A champ, triple A women's champion. Like she just took every opportunity she could from when she left WWE and is fucking killing it. Like, look at that. That's fucking amazing. I, I mean, you have that. You have uh, Jesse McKay and Cassie Lee are now the Impact Knockouts champions. You, I'm trying to think of some of the wrestlers who got released that are, are doing well for themselves. Like you know, Miro in AEW, it was when these mass releases started happening. Miro, look at him. He was just in the main event of AEW this week uh, against Orange Orange Cassidy in the AEW Eliminator Tournament and beat Orange Cassidy to face Brian Danielson. Like this version of Miro and this version of Brian Danielson at full gear, one of them is going to be walking away the winner, and one of them is going to face the champion in the future, and that's fucking awesome. Malachi Black. The former Alistair Black. One of the most unique wrestlers I've ever seen from an in-ring standpoint, from a character standpoint, and he is so, so, like, character work is so important to him. And the character work he's been doing in AEW has been absolutely fantastic. And another guy. Now, I know he wasn't released. He let his contract expire. But John Moxley. John Moxley had horrible shit booking. And he went on to AEW and had one of the runs of his career. I mean, you feel for the guy because he won the championship before the pandemic happened. But he was still that guy. He was still treated as the guy for AEW. You know, marching and waving the flag for AEW during a time where it's just, just so shitty. And that's why a lot of these guys and girls are going to do fine. They're going to find other places to work, and they're going to do amazing wherever they go. So my heart goes to every single one of you. I know you'll find you'll find a place to work. And fuck WWE. In the meantime, uh, going on to the rest of the news that happened this week. Uh, we mentioned John Moxley just before, and... Um, John Moxley, uh, it was it was announced by Tony Khan late Thursday night that he was going to be entering into rehab for alcohol rehabilitation, which is the same fucking thing. Um, rehab, you, you know what I mean. So, uh, going to go through the, the tweet, uh, excuse me, that uh, Tony Khan gave up. Sorry, I'm being all Homer Simpson tonight. <laughs> um, Tony Khan tweeted uh, late Tuesday night, John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AW family. We stand, we all stand with him and Renee 
and all of his family and friends as he shifts his focus to recovery. The tweet goes on in a thread that says, John is making a very brave choice to get help, and we are embracing his choice and supporting him however we can. I'm proud to call John a friend, and like many of you, I'm also a fan of Mox, and look forward to the time in the future when he is eventually ready to return to the ring. Until then, thank you for supporting John and respecting his privacy at this time. If you or a loved one need help, please reach out to uh, SMAHAS National Helpline 1-800-662-HELP or 1-800-662-4357. It's amazing. You know, um, first and foremost, um, to John Moxley, we hope you have a speedy recovery. and And if you need help at any time in your life, you do not need to do it alone. You call someone, call a friend, uh, a neighbor, a family member, a coworker, somebody. You have people in your life and you're not alone. You can always, always ask for help. And this is a very, um, very serious thing with John Moxley. You know, hence, you know, we mentioned Miro before and Miro was a last minute uh, replacement for John Moxley because the... Um, the match was going to be for full gear. Was John Moxley versus um, uh, versus uh, da- Brian Danielson? I almost said Daniel Bryan um, in the Eliminator Tournament. I don't know who's going to win that match, but um, it would have been a hell of a match to see. And you know, I don't know where the plans were for Moxley. Maybe that we were going to get a uh, Brian Danielson versus uh, Brian Danielson, CM Punk versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston uh, future tag team match. Because that would have been a good way to put Punk and Brian together, and then eventually go, you know, after the tag titles or something, or get some tag matches with FTR or the Young Bucks, uh, you know, just to do that with them. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's sad, man. You know, I I think Moxley Moxley has been, I've said before, you know, he's been the the flag, but he was the flag bearer of AEW, and he was proudly representing them as the champion during their time during the pandemic and um, you know I've been speculating for the past few weeks now that I think Moxley was going to be having some kind of heel turn show up in the near future Uh, you know his character has been changing his matches have been getting more aggressive more gritty I mean just the match he had with 10 just last week from the Dark Order that was a straight up squash match so whatever the plans were just my point overall is that there was something in the works, I think, for John Moxley, and I think a heel turn was going to happen. But for now, whatever the case may be, plans have to change. So John Moxley is—he's um, getting help, and to—I I, uh, we all here, we all wish him the wish him the best, man. We wish him the uh, uh, speedy recovery, and when he's ready to come back, the the fans will be—they uh, will just adore him like I don't know if a heel turn can happen in uh, you know <laughs> I don't know if a heel turn can happen when he returns whenever he returns but you know absence makes the heart grow fonder and uh, we'll, we will definitely miss John Moxley and we will definitely want to uh, we'll want to cheer him rather than boo him when he comes back and real quickly on this halfway point of the podcast 
I wanted to give a big shout out to my good friends Bryce and Dylan over at the Making Kayfabe podcast. Bryce and Dylan, if you haven't heard, they are a comedy uh, writing duo, wrestling writing duos, whatever you want to call them. But they rebook your favorite uh, fantasy uh, storylines with many famous episodes, including a John Cena heel turn. Uh, the right way to do Curry Angle's retirement, how Shayna Baszler should have been booked, uh, how Bret Hart should have been booked in WCW, CM Punk Straight Edge Society, uh, the the Summer of Punk, all the way from their first episode, uh, so 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 many episodes and more. Uh, you know, Lance Storm, uh, Viscera. I'm not kidding. Viscera. They did an episode of Viscera this past week to return, but that is an inside joke with the with the um, with with the making kayfabe community. Uh, inside joke. I kid. Viscera is the best wrestler in the world. Come on. Um, it's a great fun uh, fun time. Great episode. Bryce and Dylan have been on my show on this show here. Bryce was on the episode of uh, we talked about Kurt Angle. And uh, Dylan was here. We talked about Mick Foley. And uh, the first episode I had the, both these guys on was way back in December of last year. Just getting to know those guys for the first time, shooting the shit. And I've been on their podcast too. But uh, please go check out Making Kayfabe. Those guys are absolute funny dudes. Great guys to talk with and hang out with. Uh, Bryce, Dylan, I really appreciate the shout out this past week, guys. Can't wait to talk to you with you guys and, and uh, shoot the shit. Catch up soon. Anyway, let's get into what happened on AEW this week. So uh, this episode of Dynamite was uh, it was fun. It was fun. It was good. It was solid. It wasn't like like all those oh my god those holy shit episodes of Dynamite, but it was still a fun episode. Um, we'll go through some of the things that happened here and just some things that I want to speculate on uh, that could happen in the near future. So uh, NXT NXT. I'm sorry. I'm looking at some <laughs> some notes here. Uh, AEW opened up with uh, Kenny Omega versus Allen Angels. Um, Allen Angels and Kenny Omega. It was a decent match. You know, it was just really Kenny just beating the ever living shit out of him. To which eventually led to Hangman Page coming out and saving uh, Allen Angels five. If you don't recall, he was setting up a steel chair. On Alan, on Alan, yeah, Alan Angels, uh, he was getting him ready for the uh, One Winged Angel, and Hangman Page's music hits. He comes out, he's beaten down on Kenny Omega, and uh, tries to do the buckshot lariat, but misses. Uh, Kenny gets out of the ring, and uh, Adam grabs a microphone, and the whole crowd is chanting "Cowboy shit," which as it should be. So uh, Hangman, he is, um, he gets the microphone, and he says, "Kenny, since I'm a nice person." I'm going to give this back to you. But you got 10 days to hang on to it. Which, alluding to Full Gear. And today he posted on Instagram with a picture of him with the title. And it said 9. Um, a lot of people... Uh, th- this might beg the question. Um, should Hangman Page win the world title at Full Gear? And... Some people, believe it or not, might argue... No, he should win the, the title at Full Gear. Um... Here's why I think Hangman Page should win the title. One, he's Hangman Page, end of discussion. No, seriously. Um, This story they've been building with him for ever since his first day in the company, he has said, I want to be the AEW world champion. I want to be the champion. You know, his story from, you know, you know, 
going at all the first ever championship match at all out, failing against Chris Jericho. Um, you know, him starting to kind of just drink and really like isolate himself from the elite, trying to leave the elite, and then eventually tagging with Kenny Omega, winning the tag team championships, their tag team uh, uh, just splitting, and eventually just going off, and they lose the tag team titles to all at all out to FTR. Um, and then Kenny Omega beating Hangman Page in the, the first Eliminator tournament for the AEW World title. Uh, and now it's one year later, and Hangman Page is the number one contender. Kenny Omega is the world champion. Had it been at All Out, maybe I would have said, okay, maybe you you just you, you stretch it out for a little while longer. And then a later date, yeah, then we can get Page winning the title. But I think the time is now, man. He was gone for a while, you know. He, uh, him, and his wife just back in August or September, they gave birth to their their first child, and I think now is the time. He's he is white hot. The crowd loves him. You need to hit the title on Heyman Adam Page at Full Gear, and that's what needs to happen uh, next weekend at Full Gear. Which we'll be bringing our uh, Full Gear uh, predictions next week on the podcast. Next up, we have Malachi Black saying that him being banned from ringside for Cody Rhodes versus Andrade Alidolo does, doesn't make a difference in the long run. Malachi points out when they assassinated Julius Caesar, it wasn't just Marcus who betrayed him, which later went on to uh, to be when Cody Rhodes faced Andrade Alidolo, the, <laughs> the AAA Tag Team Champions FTR came in and hit Cody with the Tag Team title belts stopping him in his suicide dive to help Andrade win the match. But it was, who cares about that? Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard nearly got into a scrap in 2021. That's the real main event we want to see. Um, this is interesting to see that the House of Black is kind of expanding. I mean, the pinnacle is still very much a thing. But maybe the allegiance of FTR can be questioned as to where they will go. Maybe they'll go wherever the money's good. Maybe they're hired mercenaries. Who knows? But maybe this this somewhat little faction is expanding in AEW. And I just love the character work of Malachi Black. And speaking of FTR, they had a match against uh, Samurai Del Sol, which is the former Kalisto in WWE, and Aerostar. This was a pretty decent match. Um, as I saw something on Twitter recently or something that... Um, FTR are not the they're not the best five star uh, match quality having tag team, but it's because of all the little things they do and the character work they do that makes them the best tag team in the world. And I'd have to agree, I would have to agree with that because FTR they do the little things so well. Because there was a thing that they did, I think it was on Dark Elevation where they faced a local tag team, and the the uh, the local tag the, the tag team I can't remember the competitors' names. Um, they were getting the hot tag. Uh, Dax Harwood was on the floor by his corner. Cash Wheeler was on the floor by his corner. And right as they were about to get onto the hot tag, you know, he's getting fired up, ready to go, and they just they just sat there. They laid there. They laid there. The guy in the ring is confused. He turns around. They both get up. Cash gets in the ring. Big rig. One, two, three. FTR for the win. 
that's why they're the best tag team. <laughs> it's it's because of shit like that that they're the best tag team. Uh, fucking incredible. Um, they are in a feud currently with the Lucha Bros, which after the match uh, when Andrade, uh, when Andrade and uh, FTR tried attacking Cody, uh, the Lucha Bros came out for the save, and which led Cody to say on Twitter, "Maybe I shouldn't have started the whole FTR thing." If you don't know what that means, FTR came from "fuck the revival" on being the elite. Moving on to CM Punk's promo. So CM Punk came out to the ring to a thunderous ovation. And CM Punk says that he's here, that he came out here because there are two people who are not here. One of them being John Moxley, and he wanted the fans to chant his name. And that is where he said, you know, that he's proud of John Moxley for reaching out and getting help. And anyone that needs help should reach out in any way they can. Uh, and he he's regrets not getting help when he needed it, and that he's damn proud of John Moxley and knows that he'll be back stronger than ever. Another one, he another person he addressed who wasn't here is Eddie Kingston. Because Eddie Kingston interrupted his uh, interview segment with Tony Schiavone on Rampage last week. Which, by the way, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston. Holy fucking shit. Brian Danielson just might be the best wrestler in the world with every fucking match he's having lately. Um, Punk addressed Eddie Kingston and says that he didn't like being interrupted last week. Punk says if he if he and Eddie want to fight, then Punk can say, we'll see him in St. Louis this Friday. So that's on Rampage tonight. Um inevitably setting up uh CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston for um yeah, for full gear. Uh, I think this match still would have went on without a hitch had Mox, you know, not going to rehab. Um again, speculating earlier that I think a match between Danielson and Punk teaming up against uh Kingston and Moxley, you know, having, you know, Punk facing Kingston and Brian facing Kingston and then Brian facing Moxley in the finals. But I'm sure that story will still come to fruition. It's just going to take some time. Um, decent promo, uh, but I I just want to see the promo work between Eddie Kingston and CM Punk. This will probably feel like CM Punk's first proper feud in AEW. Not that I didn't like the Darby Allen match, but it was two babyface guys, um, and I just Eddie Kingston just knows how to make. The stuff that he's doing feels so real in his in his feuds. Like the stuff he did with Moxley last year got me so heavily invested in it with the promo work. So I'm really looking forward to see the promo work between Moxley and CM Punk. Um, quickly after that, we had Christian. Uh, we had the uh, Super Click, uh, Young Bucks and Adam Cole, Bay Bay, Brandon Cutler behind them. Uh, they you know said that pretty much boasting about themselves. They're the best. Blah blah blah. Um, and then Christian Cage came out to the to their segment and said, you know, uh, listen, you want there's three of us, only one of you. Let's you want to fight? Let's fight. And then Luchasaurus comes behind Matt Jackson, grabs him by the by the shoulder, and and just sticks his tongue out. It's like, listen, guys, fighting is not the way to do this. You you want to talk? Let's talk when we when you're being <laughs> when you're being civilized. Then Chris, then they did cheap shot and the super click and Jurassic Express and King. Uh, uh, Christian Cage started fighting. Uh, the whole time I'm thinking, like, where's Jungle Boy? Where's Jungle Boy? And then, boom, in comes, out comes Jungle Boy through the babyface tunnel, doing a flip onto the super click. Fucking awesome. And then after uh, after Jungle Boy got the snare trap on Adam Cole, uh, Christian Cage did a very, very babyface thing, getting two steel chairs, getting a concerto, and hitting an already unconscious Adam Cole. Stop! Stop! He's already dead, is what I said to my TV screen as Christian Cage was doing that to Adam Cole. Um... 
I guess this will first this will set up the uh, Young Bucks versus Lucha, uh, Lucha uh, Jurassic Express match um, uh, at Full Gear, and then Christian Cage versus Adam Cole for Full Gear, which I would very much be looking forward to. Uh, next part, a bit of an AEW kind of lost me a little bit here with the Inner Circle and America Top Team uh, segment. There were some pretty funny moments. My my favorite moment, uh, my two favorite moments from this whole thing was when uh, Paige Van Zant said that you know that she uh, that she tried that she said I'll take all five of you on. Jericho's was like, you're gonna take all five of us on. That's something you can do for your OnlyFans page. <laughs> Uh, so that was pretty funny. And Dan Lambert had said in the beginning that he's the number one member of, uh, of, of, uh, America top American top team. So it's going to be the inner circle consisting of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Santana and Ortiz, Sammy, H- uh, Sammy Hager, Sammy Guevara, the TNT champion versus American top, American top teams, uh, men of the hour, Scorpio Sky, Ethan page, along with, uh, junior Del Santos, Andre, Andre, Al- Alvesky, I think, and Dan Lambert, who was supposed to be the manager, but Jericho chose him. Like, we're doing any member of the of the American Top Team. We're looking at you, Lambert. It's like, no, no, they can't. No, you can't pick me. And then Jericho said some, something along the lines of, uh, "If you want, I think if you want us to pick Lambert, like they can't hear you. Like if you, I can't hear you being too loud. Like if you, they and they can't understand you. Like if if you can understand, if you want me to pick Dan Lambert to be the fifth member." Say, f- <laughs> shit, I'm forgetting it's, it's so bad. A uh, fat face dipshit. Say fat face dipshit, and then a fat face dipshit <laughs> dipshit chant started. It, it kind of lost me a little bit in the segment, but that was when it kind of brought me back. So uh, that's a Minneapolis street fight. That was that, that made me laugh the hardest in this entire episode of Dynamite. Here, uh, moving on, we had. We had Anna Jay versus uh, Jamie Hayter in the TBS uh, tournament, TV uh, title tournament. Uh, Jamie Hayter beat Anna Jay, uh, I believe, to interference thanks to Rebel and uh, Britt Baker, and then they started to attack. Ty Conti came out for the save along with Thunder Rosa. Uh, Ty Conti is uh, she's going to be facing Britt Baker for the AW Women's Championship. Haven't really gotten to talk about this too much, but. Um, now, first and foremost, I don't think Britt ba- uh, Brit Baker. I don't think Ty Conti will win. Um, I think this is a really great position for her. This is probably the biggest match of her career, and it's a very good spot to highlight her. And I'm I'm very much looking forward to the match. I think it'll be. I I think this is gonna be a sleep. People are gonna be sleeping on this. This would be a really really good match. Um, and then later on, we had MJF coming out and says that AEW doesn't work without him and and Darby Allen. Saying that uh, he claims they have been the top guys for a while, unlike the other two pillars, referring to Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara, because they have it, and the fans know they are who they will become one day. MJF wants to know why is he boozed while Darby is cheered by the fans. MJF realized that the people hate him because he reminds them that they are not successful, while Darby is like the fans and they cannot function in society. MJF claims Darby will lose to him at full gear as he's the better wrestler and can defeat him with a headlock. Sting comes out with a parade of fake Darby Allens and keeps Wardlow and Sean Spears at bay. Darby Allen runs through the crowd and takes out MJF with the toes line. Uh, the other thing that Darby Allen had said, though, is, um, you know, 
I'm not going to let my emotions get... Because MJF said, you'll let the emotions get the better of you and I will beat you. Max, I'm not going to let the emotions get the better of me. I will prove to you that I'm the better wrestler than you. I won't let you bully me. Because I'm going to let my aggression get out right now. And that's MJF. Like, you want to go right now? Get it out right now? No, it's not going to happen. And then Sting comes out. Wardlow, Sean Spears, and the rest of the fake Stings come out. And Darby and MJF get into a brawl. Makes me very much looking forward to their match. I'm very much looking forward to their match at full gear. And then finally, the main event saw... Brian, uh, Brian Danielson joined the commentary team to watch Orange Cassidy and Miro in the final match of the AEW Eliminator Tournament. Uh, this was a really good match. Uh, I was texting with Sean or, or who else? Uh, somebody. I think it was a Sean. It was a Sean the other day on Wednesday morning saying, like, what are they going to do with the Eliminator Tournament? They could do... I mean, they could have Cassidy go on and win. They'll just advance. Uh, you know, they could have, uh, let me, let me, let me get those text messages that Sean and I were doing and texting each other. Cause we were texting each other about this whole, these whole release things. Um, you know, so I texted about Kyle O'Reilly. We talked about Kyle O'Reilly earlier. I'll get a little bit into Kyle O'Reilly's possibility in AW in just a minute. Um, so we have this thing. I said, uh, let's see here. Uh, we texted a lot. Uh, so that the Tony Khan about John Moxley. Um, so I said, and he said, blah, 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 okay. Uh, <clears throat> so now it's gonna be Cassidy. He's like most likely, unless he's a la- he gets a last mini replacement. God knows. Good news is now you can bring him back as an ultimate heel if you want. Talk about Moxley here. Um, and I said, like I feel like with him going to be crowd rehab if he loved too much. Like I said. Uh, I say have Eddie Kingston face Cassidy, do a rematch of Danielson and Kingston full gear. Their first match was amazing. He's like, I don't know, man. Mox feels like that character, despite that he can still find a way to get crowd turn on him. And yeah, maybe Khan says, I was impressed with Eddie's chance to get a second chance. I forgot, though, they said a thing with Punk and Kingston, and they lost to Brian. You know, they're going to hold that off. Um, yeah, and one guy I thought of is uh, Adam Cole. Adam Cole could have been a pretty good could have been a pretty good replacement, but I guess they're still going through Adam Cole and uh, Christian Cage for full gear. Um, and I like this because you know Miro hasn't really done much of anything since he lost the TNT title to Sammy Guevara, and this is a good spot for him. This is a good way, like, because we wanted this version of Miro in WWE when he was Rusev. And we have this. We didn't get it at first when he first joined AEW, but we wanted this. And we're having Brian Danielson in, you know, just possibly starting the greatest run of his career ever in these, this short time that he's been with AEW. I think Brian Danielson is going to be the match where every night, every, every Dynamite or, or Rampage or AEW pay-per-view where that is the match where we want to see. That's the guy we came to see. And a question looming around line is, should Miro beat Brian Danielson? And in any of these scenarios, it doesn't necessarily matter to me. And I'll explain in a second. I don't care if we get Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson. I don't care if we get Miro Versus Hangman Page. I don't care if we get Miro versus Kenny Omega. 
And I don't care if we get Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega 2. Uh, the reason being, not because I don't want to see any of these matches, all these matches would be amazing, but because we as the fans, we win no matter what. We win in the sense that we will see these amazing matches unfold. And personally, I would love to see Omega of Danielson 2, but I don't think that match needs the title. I think we should see Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson because that, I think Hangman Page giving Brian Danielson his first AEW loss is another notch in Hangman's belt to solidify him as the top guy in AEW. And I, I think it'll just help Page so, so much. Uh, just giving him that little bit of, of of the rub to come in and just, you know, he beats Kenny Omega, one of the best wrestlers, arguably the best wrestler in the world, and then he beats Brian Danielson, another one, arguably the best wrestler in the world, and just adds more to his rev, uh, his resume and his tenure in AEW. Overall, this match, was, uh, this match, this this show was a lot of fun, uh, and then the go home of uh, for Folk Gear is this coming Wednesday. I'm very much looking forward to that, and uh, we're going to be doing predictions next week for the podcast. Um, last few minutes, I want to talk about, we mentioned this person earlier, I want to talk about Kyle O'Reilly and his potential of possibly joining AEW. So, PW Insider was the one were the ones who broke the news that Kyle O'Reilly's contract would be ending this coming month meaning December. It's coming up in December. Um, the, the second I heard that, I'm just like, well, Adam Cole's in AEW. Bobby Fish is in AEW. And the only thing that I could think to myself was... How could you not be thinking about that? Undisputed Era reuniting in AEW. And Tony Khan probably goes, okay, I got them, him, him, and him. Now I just need to wait for Roddy Strong to leave and get fired. Well, not get fired. I'll be get fired. Uh, to get released. Again, I said, fuck it. It's for him to be, his contract to expire. So just think about it, man. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish back together, having three-man tag matches against the Elite. That would be a lot of fun. And... Just for, forget about him returning with, with uh, Adam Cole and Bobby Fish for a second. Think about him teaming with Bobby Fish, reforming Red Dragon. Could you imagine Red Dragon tearing it up in that in that uh, that tag division? The Young Bucks, FTR. Oh, God, they've only had one match. There was that one match NXT. I got to have me some more Red Dragon and FTR. The Lucha Bros, fucking uh, Varsity Blondes. Uh, you know, Jurassic Express. There's a lot you could do with those guys. Plus, it'd be nice to see Kyle as a heel again. And he could he could easily do uh, the, you know, baby underdog babyface thing too. Um, I feel like Kyle will be treated better on, on, Dino, on, on AEW, on AEW television rather than main roster WWE television. Because just after tonight and seeing all these releases, I'm not confident about Kyle O'Reilly's chances on the main roster. I'm really not. And I think once his contract is up, 
go to AEW, dude. Go to AEW. You know, separate him, O'Reilly, and and Cole for a while. If he does indeed go, don't put them all together at once. You know, take some time, separate them. But like, I would say at the very least, like maybe not the three of them, but but Red Dragon, dude, Red Dragon, one of the best fucking tag teams in Ring of Honor history. So it's it's a no brainer to me that I think Kyle O'Reilly should go to AEW. And a lot of people, we talked about Kevin Owens earlier. A lot of people think Kevin Owens is going to be jumping ship to AEW too. They don't think he's going to resign. Giant Gargano, a different story. He still has a wife that's contracted and she's pregnant. So maybe he'd want to be around her all the time. Who knows? Uh, Have to wait and see. But I I would say Kevin Owens and Kyle O'Reilly are for sure going to be going to AEW. And I just want them to go to AEW. Just just me personally, you know. Um, Overall... This was uh, more of a somber episode of the podcast, but uh, stay tuned because uh, next week we're going to be dropping a special episode of the podcast where myself and my good buddy Joe Stanziali, we're going to be talking about all these releases that have been happening in the past year, where WWE, WWE is going in this direction, and how AEW kind of reaped the benefits, just not only just being a great television programming, but just, you know, after all this shit that's been going on. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. I'll be making announcements to when that podcast will be going up next week. Stay posted. If you want to keep up to date with all the things going on with the podcast, please be following us on Twitter at TNAWP. If you want to follow me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is CJ underscore 1214. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, it's at CJ underscore 1293. And you can follow us on Instagram on Instagram too. Uh, at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, all one word. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please be sharing with your friends, uh, giving us a five star review in your favorite podcast app, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, uh, uh, Spotify, uh, 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 Amazon. I think we're on Amazon. I'm not too sure. Uh, I should know that. Uh, you know, wherever you can find our podcast format, that is where you can find us on your favorite podcast app. And please be sure to be listening to the Making K Fate podcast. My good buddies, Bryce and Dylan, rebooking your favorite, maybe your, not your favorite, but rebooking what should have been amazing wrestling story storylines and making them better and making them make sense. So go ahead and go check those guys out. They're also on Twitter and Instagram at Making Kayfabe. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode of the Not in the Wrestling Podcast. I've been CJ Palmasano, and I'll see you all next time.